Oh, okay. I guess I do want to see Hogwarts land in fucking Florida, because the one in well, LA well, you know what, sucks, Mumbles, You know what? I'll tell you. Th I'll tell you this. You can't, because you're going to be spending the whole fucking time at Disney World trying to ride all the rides you want to ride and not getting to. You're going to leave disappointed, and you're not even going to get to go see Harry Potter and drink the fucking Simpsons beer. So fuck can you all, okay. if you're going to Disney World. <laughs> can we all agree that we want to go to the fucking Haunted Mansion in Paris, though? Because that one sounds There's fucking... a Haunted Mansion in Paris? There's Disneyland. Sure there's more than one. It's called the Phantom Manor. And it's about how, like, there was this gold mining town. And they all fucking kill each other over gold. And so that's where all the ghosts like are. It's supposed like to be it. super, super good. I've always wanted to go. That's like a bucket list thing for me. Oh, man, that would be great to go with Madison because she would hate it. And I would absolutely love the fact. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Paris Disney also has a steampunk Space Mountain. Damn, so what the fuck, Paris you, Disney? You, you get into the steampunk little rocket and you blast off into the fucking moon and land in its eye. And then you fucking go on the roller coaster. So think about that. Well, damn. Mm -hmm. uh, while we're on the subject of Disneyland, though, I, I, I actually have been really disappointed in the Haunted Mansion there lately because when I was younger, they didn't cramp it so much. It, there was space to actually stand. Last time, I was literally touching butts with several people. That's how oh, crowded really? they get that fucking elevator. The, the, you know, the painting part of it. That's... And then you have to oh, fucking yeah. stand... And this crowded, like, 400, 500 people in this hallway waiting to get on the, like, ride well, proper. I mean, the thing is, is that it. Disneyland itself has been become, like, way more crowded. So it makes sense that they're, like, trying to cram as many people into that fucking Haunted Mansion It as makes they can. sense. It also sucks, I literally though. saw a line for pirates, and as a child, I never saw a right or fucking line for pirates. Yeah. You could just walk <laughs> onto pirates no matter what as a kid, and pirates now there's this the long ass line. Yeah, pirates like, was uh, the one that you would we'll get into pirates. to sit down and be cool because it's cooler yeah. in there. I was like, man, we want to get on the ferry to go to Tom Sawyer's Island. Oh, look, nobody else is that here. That never yeah. happens anymore. I can never get on that thing. It's always closed. Uh, aren't they just, like, demolishing it and putting something else there? No. So basically R what I they're doing is they're changing the the river. So the back of the river behind Tonsor's Island, they're kind of, like, indenting it a little bit so they can fit in Star Wars land. Um, and so then That's once fine. they're done with that, they're going to so reopen it. Star Wars land is going to be, like, right in the, the middle of... Like no, Wild West so, but, area. No, 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 no. So like, there's like the rivers of America, and it's like think of like a circle, and in the middle is Tom Sawyer's Island. Tom Sawyer's Island, and it's gonna be on the far end, so you won't be able to see it. But they just need like more room for it, basically. Oh, so they're just gonna put in more trees. Yeah, but what is whatever. I, look, and Tom Sawyer's Island is even Tom Sawyer's Island anymore. It's fucking pirates land yeah. or something i don't know <laughs> of, of all the things that they they have changed and touched that i don't like if they got rid of that island nobody would really care oh nobody that's would so care. sad but true that that is partially true last time i was there i was talking like, to an old lady and she the last thing she wanted to do before she died was go on tom sawyer's island this is what she told me oh man in front of her grandchildren 
And so I had her like regale me with like how Disney was in the 60s. And it was a great old time. If you ever yeah. meet someone who's super old who loves Disneyland, have them tell you stories because they're always fucking great. Like I'm pretty sure Grandpa you... broke in. Like, like not broken, broken, but like used a fake ticket to get in. Could have sworn he said something Good. about that. Yeah, my that, grandpa that was used apparently to work very there. common. I remember this. My grandpa worked at the corral. They used to have horses that you could ride around on. This is no That's joke. That's amazing. And I, I remember... he used to be the sheriff, which is just security, basically. <laughs> I remember uh, doing Tom Sawyer design and stuff when we were younger, and there was way fewer people, and that was super cool then. But now, too too many people don't like it. Still better too than Disney World. Too many people on Tom Sawyer's Island. No, no. Well, I mean, I every time I've been there in the past three years or so, uh, it's been closed. So there's been no people yeah. on Tom Sawyer's Island. But yeah. like, there's too many people in the park. Oh yeah, way too many people, to the point where it's not even fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Like it's a great experience, and but it's not something you want to do. But they are really awesome there. When we went there, uh, we we briefly stayed at Disneyland for our honeymoon for like two nights, um, and they randomly upgraded us to the like fucking Malibu suite up at the top, um, and it was fucking fantastic it was really cool i it was the the room was bigger than my apartment um like like it was like it was like an apartment building itself uh, an apartment complex itself like little room uh but uh unit is the term i'm looking for but um we went we fucking went during grad nights and that was the biggest mistake of our fucking lives because they played music until like 5 a.m and it was it was vibrating like such Fucking assholes. I grad night too. People are the yeah. fucking worst. Yeah. Because they're there during the day too. That doesn't make things good. But we did get to laugh at a lot of like teenagers who were trying to be cool that just weren't. Oh, that's the best. <sighs> anyway, that's the diecast. Uh, thank you for joining us. Fucked it right, up, Glitch. It's later. not the diecast anymore. I don't see care. D- Disney World's better. Dis- Disney World's better than Disney, or Disneyland's better than Disney. Just kidding, I'm here. I I really <laughs> fucked that one up. It doesn't even feel good. It doesn't even feel good. I can't speak the word. Yeah, you missed the bit where Glitch accidentally said Disney World is better than Disneyland. I heard it. I actually heard that part. It was real bad. It was yeah, real, real bad. Like, you should yes, feel fucking ashamed. Plan. It's yeah. all coming to fruition. <laughs> Chris, Chris just like he was like, I could argue that Disney World is better, better than Disneyland, but I'll just let Jacob talk for any amount of time, and he'll he'll prove <laughs> me right. <laughs> so, Josh, you, you're real into Star Wars. Uh, yes. Back on up. Is Josh more into Star Wars than me? It's not I'd a competition. competition about it. It's, and it is a competition when it's brothers. Let's maybe okay, not. Fine. <laughs> You're both real things. into Star Wars. I just want an opinion. Mm. Which would you rather name an area of a theme park for your Star Wars experience? <laughs> Outer Rim or Galaxy's Edge? <laughs> um, neither of those sound good. But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It. If you want the more not... Star Wars one, 
Sure. Outer rim. Okay. No. Okay. But why did you say that? Here's the deal. Fuck. Outer rim sounds like a sexual thing. It does. Exactly. You do. Well, hey, like you don't you wanna... need that camster. You fucking. <laughs> you want to go freaks in Florida? <laughs> you want to? Well, you want to come over to Disney World? We'll we'll go to my outer rim. We'll uh we'll be in there. That'll be fun. Yeah, freaks. You freak well, for the men. This is the franchise that had a super weapon called the Galaxy Gun. So and it was a gun that shot <laughs> bullets. Forgot about the Galaxy Gun across so the galaxy. They 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 named the area Galax or the Galaxy's Edge, and I just feel like that's a really dumb name because it a doesn't sound Star Warsy, and b why would you go to the edge of the galaxy in Star Wars? Like it's okay, not even an outer rim but, Okay, but listen to this, maybe. Rim sounds like a sexual act, so maybe don't need your <laughs> Disney park Disney? after that. <laughs> Disney <laughs> is the worst with their brand and like like um, being sticklers about terminology and stuff. Almost as bad as the WWE. They're almost as bad. <laughs> They're right I don't there. Know. Well, fucking Rocket League has fucking sponsored the last three pay per views in WWE. They Rocket have that much cash? Yes. Jesus Either Christ. they have that much cash or WWE sucks that much. <laughs> I don't know I think which it's one some is the combination right of the two. WWE gotta is be. paying Rocket League to do that. No, <laughs> they're giving money to fucking sponsor. Like, it's so crazy to me because then they'll have like wrestlers playing the game and I'm like, what's what? happening? Okay, yeah. now I'm lost. What world do we live in where Rocket League is at all involved with WWE other than having WWE merchandise for the cars? Look, wrestling is at an all-time fucking low, and it's only getting lower. Like, no one gives a shit about WWE. No one gives That's a shit sad. at all. I mean, and I so, also don't like, give a shit, Rocket so I League, can't feel an that bad. indie game about racing a car and getting a soccer ball into a net makes sense for, like, the state of WWE now. So, yeah. John Cena's not even going to be with us for much longer. Oh, no, does he have, like, a disease? Is he going to die? No, like, once you hit 40, you're pretty much... That's it. Like, they take you out back and you your time is you? now. Yeah, your time <laughs> is up, your time is now. You can't see me, my time is now. You keep trying, but the time is now. You can't see me, my time is now. Do most other professional wrestlers... Like, I feel like most other professional wrestlers who went on to have a career after the WWE, like, were already setting up the stage for their exit before they actually quit wrestling. Like who? Am I crazy? I I feel like The Rock was doing movies back when he was The Rock, and then eventually became, like, more... Oh. Oh, okay. Or, like, drag, but I thought you meant, like, they left WWE and then went into another wrestling promotion, which is insane. No, no, I thought... (laughs) Like, like, usually, like, as you're you're a 30-plus-year-old wrestler, you know your time is limited, so you start doing acting roles, you start doing commentary, or, like... And I haven't heard anything from John Cena, which makes me wonder what he's going to do after he retires. Oh, like, is that's John really Cena sad. big enough that like that's maybe not going to happen? Oh, that's really sad. That's really really sad for me to hear because the way that they spin it for the WWE, and I don't watch TV, so I don't really know. You sold him to a farm. They spin it. 
Yeah, they spit it in WWE like he is in TV shows. He's hosting this. He's hosting that. He's here. He's there. He's doing all these things in Hollywood. And I'm like, sure. Like, I don't know because I don't have cable and I don't have TV, so I don't know. And I'm like, okay, whatever you say, WWE. So that's really sad for John Cena. And it's weird because John Cena is never there because he's always like, I'm busy with other stuff. I'm too much of a big star. And he's not. I I don't know what he'll revive his rap career. As somebody who doesn't follow wrestling, I like am aware of The Rock because he went on to have an acting career, and I'm aware of Batista because he went on to have an acting career. But at this point, at this point, my question is: Is The Rock more synonymous with wrestling or movies? Well, now he's not The Rock. Now he's Dwayne Johnson or whatever. Yeah, probably more with movies now, honestly. Because like, I saw him in Moana, think... and I was like, damn, I wouldn't have even recognized him if you didn't tell me it was him. It was an I animated mean, film. Batista... With the voice. <laughs> Batista's, like, becoming that for himself, too, which I'm really happy for him. I'm honestly, like, super happy for wrestlers who can escape the, like, disgusting pull of the WWE. Like, good for them. And it was so funny, like... Batista, last time he was in WWE, they were, like, grooming him to be the champion, but there was this other guy who everyone liked more, and so everyone booed Batista every time he came out, even though he was, like, this veteran who came back to win the title, no one cared. And so when he left, it was the most sarcastic, like, imagine the queen waving goodbye, that's what Batista did. And he was like, bye, no one loves me anymore, goodbye. And then we never saw him again, and he doesn't want to come back. And it's so, I'm so happy for him, because I don't want him to come back. I want him to go be successful, enjoy making movies, have a good time, make money. Because wrestling is a fucking dying business, and he shouldn't be here, is is how I he feel. He also seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, I love him. Can we... Nope, I totally forgot where I was going with that. I was going to ask something about wrestling and how it breaks down. Oh, yeah, why is wrestling dying? That's the question. That's okay. what I wanted to know. Do you actually Do you actually want to know? Because it's, it's a little... I am really curious. I won't, I won't make podcast, it too long. I won't make it too long. I, I won't make know. it too long. It's just the podcast. <clears throat> I no, did start recording. This is not the podcast. None of this is on the record. If you want to oh, put it on the record, you can, it. because it, it's not... No, no, you can put this on the record, because it's not controversial or anything. Okay, so in the 1990s, it was the perfect fucking era for wrestling. In the 90s, we had a lot of, like, sexual liberation. Everyone acted like 13-year-old boys. Everyone thought about, like, boobies and titties and all that stuff. And so it was perfect for wrestling, because you can make a wrestling show based around... Blowing shit up. Fuck the man. Boobies, titties. How cool is that? Cool. We swear sometimes. Wow, that's neat. We also drink beer. Screw the man. And so that was all perfect for the 90s era. But like as it is now, people don't necessarily want to see that. For example, in the last pay-per-view, there was a superstar. And by the way, we called them superstars, not wrestlers, because that's how the WWE works. <laughs> um, he put a man in the back of an ambulance and then drove that ambulance into a wall. And everyone was like, wow, that's super effed up. Why did you do that? 
Whereas, like, in the 90s, everyone would be like, wow, that's super cool. We've never seen that before. <laughs> Rad. And so it's like the things that wrestling does and the things that wrestling is used to doing just doesn't fit the era. And that's why WWE isn't popular anymore. That said, there are indie promotions like Ring of Honor, New Japan, that do things that are new. Like, for example, my boy, Naito, the leader of the Los Ingabinables de Japón. He, his whole gimmick is he doesn't care about any belts. He doesn't care about anything. And he just goes into a match. And if you fight him, maybe he'll kill you. That's it. And that's new and weird and cool in, like, 2017. And then you have Kenny Omega, who is arguably the greatest wrestler of 2017, maybe even our era of wrestling. And his whole thing is, like, I'm a gamer, I'm strong, I'm fast, I do scary things, I do these awesome promos that sound like a video game villain, and everyone is into it because everyone who likes wrestling are nerds. And so that's what I have to say. <laughs> about wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I was under the impression that like it was on the rise in like Japan. Yes. I mean, in Japan, Which... it's it's not necessarily more popular in Japan, but if you go into a new Japan building and you watch a show, it'll feel like it is the most popular amazing thing you've ever seen in your life, mm -hmm. even though it's not necessarily popular with the whole country. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that we describe as being popular in Japan that are not popular with the vast yeah. majority of the Japanese population. Which, I, yeah, yeah, and like, um, New Japan came over to America to do a show. They did two shows in Long Beach, and they were like a big deal. They were a really, really big deal. And so, right now, as far as like hardcore wrestling fans and interesting wrestling. Japan is outpacing WWE, which is just corporate, kind of boring. And, like, WWE keeps trying to do the same shit that was popular in the 90s, and it's just not it's just not working now. People just aren't the same people they were in the 1990s. And that's a weird thing to think about, since we're all so, so nostalgic no about the 90s. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think once Vince dies, maybe... I know that's a fucked up thing to say, but like he's the one Vince McMahon is the owner of WWE and he has say for everything. Everything he books it, he creates the characters, all that shit is approved by him. Um and I think he might be too old now, and I don't know if he has the right vision, so maybe after he passes his That's gotta be hard. I don't know company to, on yeah that's gotta be hard to like build something from the ground up and like keep it rolling and see it at the height of its yeah. popularity thing you made and then not being able to stay relevant with yeah people who would well, watch this it's really it's really tough because in the 1980s it was super wrestling was really popular with hulk hogan um, it was probably at the height of its popularity. And then in the early 90s, it was super unpopular. Actually, WWE was like losing money, basically, because they were using all the same gimmicks that they used in the 80s. 
And it wasn't until like the mid nineties when they started having Stone Cold and The Rock and McFoley and all that stuff that they started making money again. And it was because they were reacting to how the culture was. Um and I just don't think that they're reacting to how the culture is now. So I don't I mean they're making money technically, but I don't know how much longer they're gonna be making money, basically. So yeah. <laughs> I was fascinated by that. Thank you. I mean, I mean, it's wrestling. The thing is, whenever I talk to people about wrestling, I'm just like, yeah, I try to make it as short as I can because I know a lot of people don't care. And so I don't try to get into it. But um, well, it's, I think it's it is fascinating. Such, it's a crazy thing. Like, it's not it's like boxing, like except but it's entertaining. Except explicitly so not like boxing. Well, but But it's like <laughs> boxing in that in that it's it's a sh- show how do i put this it's a it's a an event you know instead of like a yeah. tv show and i'm i don't know anything about events and i have no interest in boxing because boxing is just oh this guy's really good at boxing he's going to fight this other guy who's really good at boxing that that's what it doesn't have the same storytelling as wrestling does like wrestling right, and has I'm, this I'm totally not interested yeah. In like actually watching it, but I'm fascinated yeah. that it has this story and this culture and these fans it, for something that I would never think to myself to watch. In fact, I when I was a kid, everyone in my school loved WWE and I could never get into it. But I always would listen to them and be like, "Man, I am really excited about how excited you are about this right now." Yeah, yeah, it's, like um, yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's almost like. Boxing mixed with kabuki theater, like it is this great kind big of. like performance art kind of thing, but it's also like it's ostensibly like, about like characters fighting. It's like watching a Rocky movie. The best wrestling is like watching a really good Rocky movie. Like for example, my favorite wrestler right now, Naito. His whole thing is that. Um, when he first started, they try to make him the top guy. And so they try to like, oh, sorry, there's a toilet. <laughs> hold on. What? Um, okay. <laughs> sorry, okay, hold I on. Guess you guys hold don't on, hear everyone, it. stop. There's a toilet. There's a toilet. The okay, toilet walked into my room, and I'm not really sure what happened. But Okay, 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 listen. Okay, so there's this guy named Naito, and he is groomed to be the best wrestler of this wrestling company and he is groomed to be loved by everyone in this wrestling company all the fans are supposed to love him and they fucking don't no one accepts him no one likes him everyone fucking boos him so he goes to mexico for a couple years and when he comes back he doesn't care about titles he doesn't care about winning he doesn't care about being fair he doesn't think that the fucking wrestling company is fair to him. He doesn't believe in any of it. And so when he goes into a fight, he's unfair. He cheats. He does everything in his power to make everyone feel like idiots and to prove that this title doesn't mean anything. And like, that's fucking cool. Like that's wrestling. That's what it, that's what it is to me. You know what I mean? Like it's this weird story that you can only tell in wrestling. And it's part real life and part fantasy. And, like, it's amazing that way. So, yeah. Well, that was informative. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Now let's start the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, uh, yeah, welcome everybody to this podcast. That's what we decided to name it, right? Uh, yep, that's the name for now and it. forever. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm like... willing to accept one particular fan suggestion, but you have to say it, Chris. I like that we've slowly you have to become be the one that uh... introduces it. We've is it become... the Chris's Bus podcast? Because I'm down. No, but Chris's I would also go butt. for that. Chris's butt, Rhett's butt. That's it. That's do, a podcast. Do you feel like name. we have too many? Those butts. are the only two butts available. No, those no, are the only ones. Two. There's only two. Those are the only two. There's only two we, butts on the whole podcast. We are hoarding the only butts on the planet. We're all here. Come get the butts. Two butt buddies. Butt podcast. Anyway, that'll get us in trouble. Don't call it that. About the two, two, two men who still have butts in the entire world. I, I like the fact that we've slowly become uh, transpanned from Daria, the Mystic Spiral, but we're thinking about changing the name. We're just perpetually this podcast, but we're thinking about changing the name to something, anything else. That's the spiral cast. No spiral cast. Why not spiral cast? I don't know what spiral means, but it sounds better than spodcast. Spiral like, is like, like a, a general sense. That's like what does it mean? No one knows. Corinne Logan. Spiral. Yeah. You don't know what the word spiral means. But like, what does it mean in the context of this podcast? Why would why would oh, I like that? Ends? I like that. It's it's Think our it's our. Oh god damn it, Chris! You ruined it. It could have been our mystery box. We're never supposed to address it. Ding, could be like, ding, what's ding. your name? And that's a comment. You... A comment on our video increases our metrics. Dang. But you, you said it. We have never really properly addressed what the hell "spod" is supposed to mean. I always Don't. pronounce it "spudcast," like you guys are a bunch of potatoes, and I just come I like up potatoes. once in a while and make you or or spoiler buddies. Spud does that make me a cannibal? No, I. I mean... Serve you. I serve you to other people to eat as fries, oh. and I make money off of it. So I'm like a dealer for human flesh. I have basically. the weirdest image in my head <laughs> of you wearing a fast food worker like outfit with like a red cap and whatever, and like all of yeah. us as French fries, and you're like offering yeah. us out with like the evilest grin on your face. That's all I can exactly. Imagine. Perfect. And we're terrified. Yeah. You should be. Yeah. You're about to be eaten. I like the Spodcast name now. I think we should keep it. Spiral Cast. What about Sonic Cast, where we just talk about Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog? <laughs> and about how he always has to go fast, no matter what. <laughs> Even in face of those spikes. Is it? Gotta, well, I'm gotta not gonna go, go faster there. than the spikes. What, where are no, you going to go, Chris? <laughs> As a Genesis kid, I need to know where you were going to go with that. In a very self-serious voice, I was going to propose why how sexist it is that all of the other characters get to have puns in their name. Sonic the Hedgehog who goes fast, Miles tails per hour, um, and Knuckles who attaches to things with his knuckles. But then Amy huh? doesn't get a pun, and that bugs me. What's her thing? She's yeah, got what's a sledgehammer. She's got a sledgehammer. Amy uh, sledgehammer uh, smashes maybe it's like the an patriarchy. 
<laughs> Maybe it's it an acronym, like, like, uh... I literally don't oh, know anything about know. Amy because I only played the Genesis Sonics. I never played any of the other ones because I suck. I mean, that's probably, like, a, a good telling of when they gave up. Is Oh, Amy showed up? She What is Amy Sledgehammer? I don't... that Nobody cares. As soon as that N64 came out, we bought it. And then we were Nintendo people. Does it happen? I'm just Yeah, what the hell's the Dreamcast acronym? I I now own a Dreamcast. I now own name weird console. I probably own it. Oh, the Virtual Boy? The, the Magnavox Odyssey. <laughs> I fucking own it. Let me ask. Let me ask real fast. Was it the Magnum Box Odyssey? Is that Magnum did that really Box America? Odyssey. Yes. Hey babe, do you have any Magnums right now? <laughs> He's got some. He's got some. It's cool. <laughs> wow. Mumbles has just made this an NC-17 podcast. That's wonderful. I, I didn't tell what it was. I just referenced it. So it's different. It's like how cartoons work. Oh, man. If we're going to venture into like how cartoons work territory, can I get a fucking pie, please? Just an aside don't, there. You, okay. Uh, don't come with okay. Josh, bring this in. Go away. Can we can we talk about video games for once? Please? Yes. Yeah. Please. All right. Sonic so, Logic. Okay. Let, no, no. Let me kick off the show. I got this. All right. Uh, best video game pies. Josh, please. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think of a video game with pies. I can't in think it. of a single one. I can't think of a single one. And I made the joke, and now like, I can't think of anything to follow even... up with. I, like, did Banjo-Kazooie have a pie in it? I'm certain they no. had a pie in it, but I can't remember it specifically, so Liara. I can't reference it. Liara has the best pie. <laughs> yeah, it. that game. First try. I'm glad we're on the same page there, Mumbles. Oh, God. Li- Liara Yeah, let's talk about Josh. video yeah. games. Salvage so last week, Spider-Man <laughs> Homecoming came out, and it's a movie, <laughs> and let's talk about that, actually. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I think I'm starting to get known as the guy who doesn't like things, so let me just start out with this one. Not enough pies. Didn't like it. Not enough pies. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man 3 had pies. Do you Where's remember? Yeah, I do, even though it, I was super high. Save Aunt May's Definitely. Pie 2017. <laughs> Put it back in the movie. It deserves a spot. Spider- it's part of the lineage. So, it's part of the also- co- canon. In all seriousness, I'm I'm I weirdly side with like Film Crit Hulk on this film, so I'm probably not the person to kick us off. I don't know. Oh, uh, let me guess, Camster, you fucking didn't like it that much. Womp, womp. No, but I did like it, but I didn't like it that much, and that's the problem. Like, I I really there's a Marvel lot movies. to that's love Marvel in this movies. movie. Well, I, and I think maybe that's the problem is that this is a Spider-Man film done in the vein of Marvel films, and. There's so much it gets right and so much it does wonderfully and amazing and and better than any other Spider-Man movie that's ever come before it. And yet at the same time, it's it's got that pro- it's got all the problems of a Spider or of a Marvel film where there's no real lesson, no real thematic core and it's kind of empty even though stylistically it's awesome and it's got a bunch of characters you love. And I it, it's super frustrating because I really really love a lot of what's in this film. Like I love uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture. It's it really is the first Marvel film in a long time that didn't suck. You mean Marvel you mean villain, villain that didn't suck? Yes, that's I'm dumb. 
but yes, he's it's the first villain in a while that has not been just sort of a generic businessman or whatever oh, that had no what? motivation. It's not good enough for a fucking villain to get killed by a tiny train because Ant-Man was there? Oh, okay, I see how it is. Is that he, what happened in Ant-Man? He didn't even die from the train, yes. no. <laughs> That's what happened. Shush. Shush, Campster. That's what happened. <laughs> no, I think he just died, though. Did he not die? He died for real. Who? And Most I think that Marvel is villains end up dead jacket? by the end of the movie, so... Yes, Yellow Jacket died in Ant-Man. Yeah, he, he got not? shrunk and he got he fell subatomic, I thought. He or his soup got up. hit I can't by a which. tiny train that was a toy for children. Anyway, so either he became smaller <laughs> than anything can ever become small, or his soup blew up, or he got hit by a yeah. train. One of the I three. feel like I, my I can my tell why you guys best. wouldn't be able to remember which one. This is the weirdest Spider-Man I've ever heard described. I think you guys saw a different movie than me. I, I'm I'm okay, 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 okay. But seriously, like all the other villains in fucking Marvel, besides maybe Loki, are not that in. Oh. And maybe fucking Star-Lord's dad yeah. are not that interesting. That's a good point. They're yeah. all yeah. just generic. I'm evil. Um, I have this I cool the suit. villain in Civil I War was okay. I will kill you. Captain America? Yeah, at, at no, I it was... At least... <laughs> <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo. Which has almost nothing to do I with Baron was... Zemo, but... I literally don't remember that guy at all. All I remember the is guy who set Tony everything Stark. up. Oh, it's Baron Zemo. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Sure. I, I like it when they take they pull back from the oh I'm a big like giant monster destroy pew pew laser gun um and they do like normal people like the the villain in Civil War and also uh, this one in in Spider Man. I like it when they pull back and like not everything has to be like end of the world nonsense that's okay sometimes but it doesn't necessarily make for an interesting villain uh and i really like this villain i I think i would even argue that the villain gives the movie a little more meat uh than than yeah a little bit more of a punch but it still does have marvelitis it still is a little shallow but that i'm i'm willing to forgive it because it was fun I, I love the idea of the Marvel films going small scale, and I don't just mean that with Ant-Man and making a pun. I, I mean that in general. Like, I like the idea <laughs> of, of having some intimate Marvel films where, and this is one of the more intimate ones. Like Ant-Man, it's it's one hero, one villain, it's a personal str- a struggle, and, and I, I dig that. Not every story needs to be saving the literal entire world. Um, but to, if you go intimate, it really does need to be more character-driven and more sort of an emotional arc. And and Peter's arc here is a little confused because he never learns anything except it's framed like he does. Like, there's no part of his arc that explains why he suddenly realizes he's not ready to be an Avenger except uh, for the fact yeah, that at the I end they just say... Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, I, I think that was the one kind of real problem with the movie is that um, Peter Parker doesn't really, like, discover anything about himself except that like when you're buried in concrete after a building collapses on you you just need to try harder 
Oh, I hated that part, um, by the way. Can, can, we, can we say at this point? Can we say at this point before we go any further that we're probably getting the spoiler territories now? So if you, yeah, because we haven't said anything too bad. But if you want to not have the movie spoiled for you, click on Josh's face. All right, continue. <sighs> okay, I would say that um, Peter's didn't have a necessarily like a learning arc or even a story arc for him, except for. I'm Spider-Man and Peter Parker, which is super lame, and you should learn that, like, the first yeah. minute of being a fucking superhero. But I would say that he had the same storyline that people do in, in wrestling booking, where it's like, that guy's getting his ass kicked. That guy can't do shit unless he has his friend help him. That guy's never going to be able to do anything on his own. Oh, shit, he did something on his own. That's awesome. Yay, our favorite wrestler did something on his own. He's the fucking best. And so to me, it like appealed to me because it was just a wrestling storyline. It really was just, this is the underdog. <laughs> they literally had the spoon song underdog in it. It was just, I'm the underdog. I have the heart of gold. I'm going to try my hardest and maybe I'll fail a couple times, but at the end, I'm going to win. And you're like, yeah, you did, buddy. Good for you. And like that to me was a payoff for me. Um, especially since they don't really fucking do that in wrestling anymore. So I liked it that way. If you think of everything as wrestling, it's better. I, I don't like have a problem with that plot in general. I just feel like, and if it had just been a generic Marvel villain, it probably wouldn't stand out so much, but like contrasting uh, Peter's barely there self-actualization with like the villain's motivations and his speeches um yeah. like and that's how it is in wrestling focus. too by the way yeah i mean and i i would argue that's even how it is in comic books where it's like the villain is pr the villain is the interesting one and the complex one whereas the hero is the constant and i think like that doesn't necessarily make for a good movie but if you like comic books and if you like wrestling then it it works because you're used to that kind of storytelling i think it was a good high school story i mean that's very much where peter's at and and uh i i know that like from my experience in high school everything felt like things were going crazy and changing but really not much changed so in that way it kind of reflects uh i think the stage of life peter's in um, and, and honestly, I took the, the, the story a little differently, like when he, at the end, declines becoming an Avenger. I didn't, I didn't necessarily see that as him being like, I'm not ready for this. And that's somewhere I missed a line where he said that. I took that as, I, Peter Parker has this thing that he cares about, and it's where he's at, and that's what he realized. Yeah. Um, because the whole movie, he's like, I wanna be there. And then he but... realizes that, that his heart is really here. That said, I feel like that moment was a fucking, like, tip of the hat to fans. Because as a fan who's read the comics, who has seen Peter Parker in the Iron Spider suit before, I'm thinking to myself, don't fucking take that, Parker. Don't do it. Don't do it, Peter. And then he doesn't do it, and you're like, yes, this is the Peter Parker we want. Yep. I feel like a lot, yeah. like in the comics, he literally just goes with it and he like goes down this bad road. And it's like, I think the whole movie, I think the movie was really busy trying to like prove itself. Like there's a lot of points where it's like, 
Hey, and it really we're not had that to. old Spider-Man movie. Yep, hey, exactly. we're not that movie. <laughs> we're and, not that other and, one hey, either. We're not like the comics. Yeah, <laughs> and I think like that's just something they felt like they had to do. And as a fan, I actually felt that gratifying because I was like, please mm-hmm. don't do this again. I don't like it yeah, in the comics. I, loved, I don't like it now. I loved the sort of different setting. Like all of the the sort of who you expect people to be are different. Um yeah. Uh, like I I don't know if you guys caught on, but I'm pretty sure that uh that one girl is gonna be Mary Jane. She says uh, MJ. I think she calls herself. <laughs> She's gonna be Mary Jane. And uh, what? Why are you laughing? I, I'm sorry. I just I, I I like the implication that that was subtle. That was that was like as as not subtle as you oh could be. God. Where like my friends don't call be me a MJ. Snob. Well, it was it was like they didn't say any of that any other time like like if it was one of the other two past films they would have been like oh my friends call me mj aka mary jane aka i'm gonna be in love with you in the future and you're already in love with me but all that i like that they changed that up for real there are people who watch this movie who don't know who mary jane are who only know her as kirsten dunce mary jane they don't get the mj thing AKA they don't even my, get the uh, fucking they don't even get the scorpion thing like it's they they don't get it they don't get the vulture thing like they just they don't see it the way that like comic book fans do and so i, I think like some of the reveals are fine because it's I for am, casuals i i am shocked how many Spider-Man villain, like Spider-Man has undeniably perhaps the best rogues gallery in all of Marveldom, and I am shocked how fast yeah. they're burning through some of them. Like I know they didn't want to go to the old staples, but like burning through three separate villains in one movie is impressive. They didn't kill any of them, though, so uh, I don't know what you're talking about. They killed the first Shocker, but then brought him back as a different guy, which is fine for Shocker, honestly. Like, yeah, that's it didn't matter. Fine. <laughs> but like Shocker that, doesn't that die, whole Vulture scene doesn't was, die. Was really funny, actually, where he kills Shocker, just because you know, like going into that scene, oh, this is where this scene's gonna go. Um, this is the scene I... where the villain kills one of his minions randomly just to show how evil he is, and then he does it. But it wasn't and then random. The line it wasn't random. Is... Go ahead. Well, the immediate line is, I thought that was the anti gravity gun. <laughs> Yeah, I loved I, that I like scene. That I loved, I loved how like uh, even the build up to the moment where he realizes he's gonna he's gonna kill the guy, uh, or at least like punish him severely. Um, like I like that. Th- this is a guy who clearly has principles. The villain. This is a guy who clearly has principles, and he's not just gonna straight up murder someone just because they're leaving. It's only when he makes the threat that he's like, you know what? Maybe I will. And also, like, he still doesn't really care, so it works on that level of, like, showing you that the villain is kind of evil, but also subverts it. And it works on both of those angles, which I thought was pretty good for a, for a scene that feels, like, so obligatory as to be cliche at this point. You know, I, I think what frustrates me about this film is that it comes very, very close to actually being absolutely amazing, and it really just misses figuring out how to have Peter Peter Parker learn that lesson. Like, if it had Peter Parker learn that lesson, it would work well, because every other element works. Everything in this film works 
but that plot What structure. lesson did you want him to learn? Well, the film sets it up as like why he learns to realize that he needs to stay in his lane and maybe not not try to be bigger than what he really is. He is a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man who solves lower level street crime at the moment and he's not an Avenger yet. He's not ready to be an Avenger. He's a high schooler. He can't move in with Tony Stark. He can't commit to that lifestyle. And nothing in the plot lets him learn that lesson other than the fact that he gets he... beat up pretty bad. I don't Yeah, that's the thing is that he's not he it's not that he's like not physically ready to be an Avenger cuz fucking Ant-Man is an Avenger and if Paul Rudd can be an Avenger, <laughs> fucking anyone can. No offense, Paul Rudd. Um, but I think we it's more you, about, Rudd. like, Spider-Man is like, this is my community. This is who I love. This is who I want to take care of. And this is who I'm going to be. And I need a chance to learn what it means to be Spider-Man. And I felt like I got that vibe from the movie where it was like, I need to right. I need to grow up with this community, basically. In, in that be- way, it felt very much like, the new Batgirl um, comic book where it's like, this is my community. This is where I'm going to grow up kind of thing. I, I thought but, like the, yeah, I thought the last scene, uh, well, not the last scene, but one of the last scenes leading up to the bit where he turns down the Avenger job where like he talks to, um, I forget her name. Uh, Liz. Yeah. Aunt Liz. May, MJ. Um, he talks to Liz and like, oh, she's, you know, her dad's being put on trial and they're leaving town and going across the states. And I like he has this kind of realization of like, oh, shit, like stuff I'm doing has an effect on the people around me in ways that maybe I can't really comprehend. And I kind of read that into like, you know, like, hey, if I stay here down here on the street level and and don't push myself to be like- Iron Man, basically, you know, uh, then at least for a while, like I can keep going the way I'm going with this school and the friends that I have. The the plot that you needed was for him to be so obsessed with going big and going global and fighting something huge that he misses something at home and that that hurts him personally or people he knows personally. And so he learns the lesson of, I'm not ready to be stopping international crime or Avengers level crime. I need to focus on the people I know, the people I want to protect, my neighborhood. That was the story that needed to happen. And that didn't really happen, really. Like, he didn't really learn, I need to protect the people around me. He basically kept doing what he was I, doing I already and was rewarded for that. Need that though. Yeah, like, it didn't have I don't to think be it had to be him learning. Either. I don't have to be bigger than I am. I liked that it was just him learning that this is where I am. Not, not I mean, that he's not. I don't even think he's not ready to be Avenger. I think like the movie kind of demonstrated that he was. Like those sorts of fucks up, fuck ups, like on the on the ferry. That is like a very normal Avengers sort of thing uh, to have happen. Like, they, there's lots of collateral damage when you're fighting real villains, uh, and that's been a theme throughout the movies. So I don't think he's not ready. I think that, that the story is about him right. realizing he is a high schooler, and he cares about the people around him in a way that he can't just leave them. But- because in my mind, like, going international is like... Well, now I don't get to have those relationships with my friends. I don't okay. get to be around my aunt who I care about, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But but what about the core conflict of the film drives that point home? The conflict of the film is is Spider-Man versus Vulture. Vulture also dreams of bigger stuff. He wanted to get that contract and didn't get it. Vulture wanted to get the big score and struggled to get it. I I just 
Uh, what about that yeah, conflict between Vulture and Peter but, Parker drives the point of Peter Parker needs to stay in his lane home? Because if the that plot conflict drive with Vulture that... was where I had those the problem, it wasn't like necessarily with the like realizing he doesn't want to be an Avenger quite yet. My problem was more like everything to do with Vulture and his motivation and his, you know, how he reflects uh, Peter Parker and also Tony Stark versus Peter Parker because they get down to, like, that confrontation where right. generally the protagonist and the antagonist kind of face off with their own ideas We're about not how so the different, work. You and, and I. his and And his ideas are like, well fucking I do what I gotta do because we're in a system where uh, you know certain people get really rich and we have no way of touching that uh, and Which... Peter Parker's like the whole response to that is no <laughs> you know yeah, like, it's the well, lamest I thing mean, like I, think... I got you can't stop you can't break the law you guys no I mean I think the thing is is that he the... Vulture was selling guns to poor neighborhoods that would yeah. use those guns to do crimes because they were poor and that was the only way they could make money to survive. And so Spider-Man's way of thinking is like, there's going to be more violence on the streets because you have these really crazy weapons out on the streets. I can't let that happen because I've been personally affected by that. Um, yeah. Sure. But it doesn't say right, that. Nothing in the film says the problem. I, but I... But I knew that about Spider-Man, and I felt like for him to just say it, like, I don't know if that was necessarily necessary. And that's another thing is, um, like, the way this film starts, or rather the way it doesn't start, because Uncle Ben isn't in this movie and doesn't die and is not, like, a big factor, um, like, that's nice because, you know, we've been down that road so many times in, in movies, um... But also, I feel like that might have given a more cognizant reason for Peter Parker to reject uh, Vulture's ideas. But at the same time, you know, if you already know all this stuff about, um, you know, Spider-Man's origins, you kind of it's kind of obvious. So, well, yeah. But I, I feel like that could have used at least some vocal reference. Like I, I, I think we all are in agreement that we did not need another retelling of Uncle Ben's death. But like, right? The 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 sh- the, the film yeah. leans. Go ahead, Mumbles. I was gonna say I think you're right. Like the, it would have helped to have uh, Peter just be like, "Hey, yeah, I get that you're just trying to provide for your family, but how many kids are gonna get fucking killed because of your fucking guns?" That's all Peter had to say yeah. with less with less swears, and I think that would have really like done it. <coughs> No, but no. The other thing Keep is... the swears. Just in the middle of the movie, just Spider-Man just goes, "Fuck you, fuck this, fuck, 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 you know, fuck that. this, were... fuck that." I'm there actually were a lot of cool. swears. Fuck, fuck all mother. of you. <laughs> <laughs> he takes off a Peter Parker mask and it's Deadpool this underneath. This whole time, a Deadpool movie. <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of swears in this movie, though. For a PG-13 movie, they got away with a fair number of bullshits and shits. Like they, they kind of yep. walked the line for swearing in a Marvel film. I think. I think it's kind of um, really surprised other, by that too. The other thing is that um, I think that I really liked how Spider-Man made a, a big deal, and I think Ant-Man did the same thing about like, even though Ant-Man did kill his bad guy, but like, I don't want to kill people, and I think that's a really 
big, cool distinction. Because the Avengers, yo, they kill a lot of people, actually. They kill lots and lots of people all the time. They don't even think twice about it. And that's fine. Like, if you're fucking Black Widow, you're really not going to think twice about killing people because that's been your thing for a while. If you're Tony Stark, you're probably not going to care either. Um, so it was cool to well, see Spider Man be like, "Hey, I don't kill people. I'm trying not. I'm I'm helping you. I'm saving you. I'm not going to kill you. That's not what I do." And then be yeah. like, "I don't want to be Avenger because Avengers fucking kill people." And I think that's kind well, of interesting. And I think that also, yeah, exactly like what you just said, uh, is that also highlights the fact that like it's a different scale when we watch. The yes. Avenger films, and they're killing people, we don't think a second thought about it. I mean, sometimes there's like the, wow, I can't believe they just did that. But still, it's like, these guys are killing the bad guys who are doing really bad things, and who probably can't be just left to live. Whereas, Peter Parker is dealing with a a villain on a smaller scale, he's making weapons. Like, that is not Osama Bin Laden, that is a guy in your town. And and I mean, it, it doesn't necessitate murder, straight up murder. No, it's it's a perfectly like going back to complimenting the film. It is a perfectly Peter Parker sized plot. Like not to alliterate too much, but um, it it really is. Um, I could see like Ms. Marvel or or any of the Spider Men dealing with a story this big. It's the exact right size of it's serious and it needs addressing, but it doesn't rise to Avengers level serious. And so, how do you, how do the superheroes deal with that? I think that was handled really well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, the other thing is that in the comic books, Spider Man is arguably the strongest when he goes and hangs out with other heroes. Um, so I hope he does show up in some of the other movies, even if it's just for like a couple minutes or just a couple scenes, just cause Spider-Man, people argue that Spider-Man is kind of the heart of Marvel. Like whatever Spider-Man is thinking and feeling, it's kind of the right thing. Like, for example, I don't know if this is true anymore, but in the, the first civil war, whatever Spider-Man was kind of feeling was kind of on the right side of things. And then as soon as he changed, it was also the right side. And so you kind of felt like you were going along how you would go with Peter Parker. Um, and so I think it'd be really important to have these other superhero movies, um, to have Peter Parker there and kind of be this like moral compass for some of the other guys. That's so I think that'd be neat. From from what I've read, we we are aware of five films that are going to involve Tom Holland as as Peter Parker. There are going to be as based on where we are now, based on what we know publicly, there are going to be two Spider-Man standalone films, one of which is Homecoming. There is going to be Civil War, which already came out. There is going to be a second Spider-Man standalone film eventually, um, and then there's going to be two separate uh, films where he shows up as a supporting cast, presumably the next two Avengers films. So he's at least in Infinity War. We know that because we've seen him doing the trailer. I want to trailer. see him in Captain Marvel. Don't you want to see Peter Parker and fucking Captain Marvel with fucking Carol? Captain Marvel. Am I the only C- Carol, one? Carol kind of outclasses didn't, Peter. I know, but didn't their friendship have like a brief maybe fling going? Yeah. yeah. They did. Well, and it was great. In, in this particular universe, it'll be like 17 and she'll be like 35. I know, that's why I'm saying friendship. No, no Brie Larson is like they're... 25, right? 
Yeah. Oh, are they really going with the younger version? Yes, and that bothers me. Yeah, unfortunately, which is another thing that Camster and I both have a problem with. Um, but anyway, yeah, fucking Peter Parker and fucking Miss Marvel when she was back at Miss Marvel had a little. Oh no, and she when she was Captain Marvel too, I think they had a little thing going on, and it was fucking rad. Spider Man has aged in the comics. He's he's like a thirty three year old head of Parker Industries, whatever. Um, also. Did you know that the first Miss Marvel comic book back in the olden days, I don't know, the fucking 1700s, had Mary Jane, Peter Parker, she's always been linked with him, so I feel like it would be good. I mean, Jessica Jones went to school with Peter Parker, and I, I, I was weird seeing on screen what must have been <laughs> Jessica Jones's old high school. Um Yeah. So one thing I want to I want to state before I go, and this is my own idiotic fan theory, not fan theory, but like weird thematic analysis that makes no sense and is bullshit and people call me a moron. Um, I feel like the Raimi movies are very much a Peter Parker story. And then the Amazing Spider-Man stories are very much uh, the, the most recent Sony films before this were very much a Spider-Woman story, a Jessica Drew story, insofar as secrets about her parents and her origin. And she was destined to become this crazy spider lady, except it's Peter Parker. And then this film feels to me very much like a Miles Morales story because it's all about looking up to a hero yeah. that sort of laid the groundwork. Um, never, never mind the fact that we basically stole Genki from, uh, the comics and named him Ned. Um, ignoring that, like, it's a story about a hero who looks up to a better hero and goes, I need to reach that legacy and I don't know how to do it. And that is very much a Miles Morales story because comic spoilers from five years ago, Miles Morales grew up as a Spider-Man in a world where Peter Parker had died and always wanted to become the next Spider-Man as good as the original Spider-Man and wanted to be that. So this felt like a weirdly Miles Morales story. The previous two were weirdly a, a Jessica Drew story. And then the Raimi films are a Peter Parker story. And that's how I read them. But then I'm, I'm a nerd. So whatever. Well, did you get that sweet little Miles yeah. fucking tip of the hat that they had? I, I, did, I did the excited I hand I gesture. I missed it. It was Donald Glover saying he has a nephew in the area. Donald Glover played the guy that is. Um, oh, okay. Donald Glover plays the the uncle that is responsible. That is sort of the less that reputable uncle name. of um, Miles Morales. It's like Drifter or. Skimmer. He he becomes Prowler. He becomes Prowler. Prowler. I can't remember his That's his it. actual name. I like the idea of a superhero slash villain called Scammer. I'm Scammer. Drifter. I'm the Drifter. It's, it's... Actually, the Drifter The Drifter is a wrestler name currently in the WWE, so that's not my fault. That's the not my fault. <laughs> Scammer is the Marvel telephone version of the Riddler. Hello. Do you give me your social security? Your phone has been hacked. And I need to verify that you have the right number. <laughs> fucking Thor breaks in and beats the crap out of everyone in the building. And he's just like, I'm just a fucking phone scammer. I'm not going to make the joke I want to make. Okay, let's move on then. We all enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah, it was good. You should definitely see it. Cool beans. I, I, my, my stupid plot complaints are stupid. It, it is a good movie. It is an enjoyable movie. I recommend it. 
there's some really great like uh goofs on who how spider-man operates too there's um there's a suit that has uh jennifer conley's voice who is paul bettany's real life wife and paul bettany plays vision so think about that nerds <laughs> oh boy can she play viv or whatever not not viv that's his daughter I-, I have a question is that like is the iron man suit for spider-man a thing in the comics where yes, oh the iron yes. spider suit he yes, has an ai is. and everything Abs- absolutely is well and how long yeah. has that been a thing well for a while okay. but the Can ai I... is yeah go ahead mumbles Okay, so that's why it's such a big deal for the end of the movie, for the reveal of that super sweet suit for Spider-Man to say no. Because in the first Civil War, Spider-Man's like, Tony Stark, I look up to you. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure about all these people. And Tony's like, hey, man, be my right-hand man. Here's this cool suit I built you. You'll be the fucking Iron Spider. Check this shit out. And Peter's like, cool, this is rad. Check out my cool new suit. Oh, wait, Captain America's right and Tony Stark is wrong and I got to join the other guys. That's Civil War. That's that's exactly how Civil War went. Exactly. Oh, in the comics. <laughs> oh, and then Ragnar shows up because Tony Stark made a, a clone of Thor and he shows up and he does shit. That's Civil War. Why did he do yeah. that? Because he War didn't have I mean, Thor. Civil War Two is more dumb. So he, so he wanted a Thor, but he didn't have a Thor. So being Tony Stark, he's like, "I'll make one." That's what happened. Yeah, I kind of forget the the Marvel comics. Tony Stark is much more like a he's actively asshole. an asshole. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm so making is, fun so of it, but actually. But oh oh my God! Would you please lay off of Ant Man, the sweet sweet boy? Leave him alone. Our poor poor Paul Rudd. Every time I bring up that how much I love the Ant Man movie, Camster's gonna bring me down with how <laughs> shitty he is in the comics. And I... the standalone, the new standalone Ant Man is fucking great. The Scott Lang, it's fucking fantastic. It's good when he's down in Florida no. trying to reconnect with his daughter. That old one from like years ago, that was great. I, I don't mind. I just, I think, I, I, I wish they would capture his acerbic personality a little better. I, I watched the the Avengers uh, cartoon on DX or whatever the Disney Channel XD is, um, and even that captures a little bit more of his asshole personality where no one wants to call the him. The fact, the fact, the very fact that you don't like Paul Rudd as fucking Ant Man says something about you personally, Camster. I, Paul I Rudd like is Paul a treasure Rudd. to I all like of us. I, but that's, as, but that's like, the problem. A He's a good actor in a in a role that makes him too much of a teddy bear. Scott Lang is by is the irredeemable Ant Man is supposed to be sort of an asshole. By definition, but, Scott Lang is kind of an asshole. Okay, but I like. I, why not make him the MCU fucking version of MJ? Is some fucking like Sylvia Plath fucking reading emo fucking like flip you off at prom chick, and you can't have a nice Scott that. Lang? I don't. Understand. I love. I know. I so love why not Daria have a nice MJ. Scott Lang? I agree. So I, why not have a nice Scott Lang? Because I don't do like the idea that Marvel. Scott- Oh, when you have a shitty ass Pim who's like the shittiest man alive and you can't have a nice man to like to balance that shit out for once, like 
I don't. I I just I, I I'm a comics purist. I want my Scott my Ant Man to be kind of irredeemable. All of the Ant Mans no. are kind of irredeemable. You're, you you just, are you a comics don't... purist. No, you you, He's a you want him to do Civil no. War like they did in the comics. No, do no. We, do we God want Civil it, War too? He just. He personally doesn't like Scott Lang because he said something bad to Jessica Jones one time. No, that's not the only reason. Yes, that's the main reason. He also that's said some mean things to Squirrel why. Girl a couple times. Okay, that's we've gotten to the meat of it, my friends. We've gotten to it. Look, I like Scott Lang. I'm glad that they made him a teddy bear. It's good, especially since Hank Pym is Hank fucking Pym, everyone. I'm just saying. Okay, Mumbles, you're on a date with a dude and the, and you order a drink. And the dude's like, oh, you're going to drink, huh? You're going to order booze? Like, is that not a dick thing to do to a, to a yeah, date? Yeah, but, but what if instead he's a sweetie boy who doesn't care if someone calls him a pussy? What if he's that instead? And then you're like, oh, but I like that sweetie not, boy wait, instead. Wait, the mean thing he said to Squirrel Girl was, oh, you're going to drink? No, that was, uh, that was Jessica Jones. That was one of the like, oh, 18 okay. things. He, she also got and... pregnant, and he's like, is it mine? And she's like, no. And he's like, all right, and... bye, lady. And him and Jessica Jones never got along. Their personalities clash, so it's not his fault. Well, because Jessica Jones like is other. cool, and he's a nerd. No, um, they're both super, like, jerks. They're both real big jerks, actually, in real life. And so, of course, they're not going to get along. But if you're a big old sweetie and you're like, hey, what's up, Scott Lang? He's like, hey, I'm sad about my daughter because she doesn't really love me anymore. <laughs> Whoops. But she That's gets it. to be stature. She gets to be a superhero, which I it bothers me that they're not bringing her back, by the way. I want stature. This is getting too nerdy. Yes. This is getting too nerdy. Yeah, I kind of lost agree. track of where we went. We're never going to agree because I like Scott Lang both in the comics and especially in the movie. So Cassie Lang is cooler. I mean, when she's not fucking dead. Uh... Scott Lang dies a couple times too. Okay, look, I'm trying to follow as best I can here. (laughs) I am trying to follow as best I can here. So let me get this straight. Straight. Uh, Mumbles, you like Paul Rudd and and. The character Paul Rudd in the Marvel movies, Chris, doesn't like Scott Lang, or he does yes. like Scott Lang, the actual Scott Lang. And is uh, my question is, is it because the comic version doesn't have a- as many pies, or how many pies are we talking about here? Does the comic Josh. version like blueberry, and the other one like apple? Or <laughs> Josh, save us! Move us to a new those topic. pies are good. Josh, move us to a new topic. Is that is like that the We're pie. never gonna that agree. Whenever anyone Spider-Man. brings up pies, we we move to a different topic. Cancer and I are never gonna agree about Ant Man, and that's just the end of it. That's just how it's gonna be for the rest of our lives, to our graves, as old people. It's never gonna happen. Um, what the fuck was the other thing we talked about talking about? I don't even know. D twenty three or uh, mailbag? D twenty. Oh yeah, D twenty three. That's a thing. Uh, it, D twenty three. It's a twenty three sided die, and you roll it, and then uh, you end up right. at a Disney convention. No. How would that work, Josh? What sort of shape? I don't would that know. Be? I I don't think it exists. I like, mean, not I know it doesn't exist. Anyway. 
So anyway, um, for for those who don't know, D23 is basically E3 for Disney nerds. It's their Disney's big announcement fest where they announce everything from film schedules and production lineups to theme park news to other stuff. Yep. Um, what do you, what part of it do you want to talk about first, Campster, since we're the um, Disneyland nerds here? I'm, I'm real into the theme park stuff. I mean, we can talk about the movie stuff, but there's not much news really from the film perspective other than, I guess, a live action Lion King and some weird casting for Aladdin, whatever. I don't know. Oh yeah. So they are making a new live action Aladdin because let's face it, the Beauty and the Beast live action actually made money. So they're going to make a bunch of live action movies based on the fucking cartoons. Yeah, I know. But everyone is really pissed that Will Smith is playing the genie and I have no problem with it. Because do you It's just a voice right still. Do you want someone to like do an impression of Robin Williams? Because that seems like a bad call. That was immediately my thought. Like I see everybody getting upset about this, but if you're gonna have like what what do you want? If you do anything close to Robin Williams, you're gonna just be sitting there like, well, this isn't Robin Williams. But if you do like Will Smith, like like funny Will Smith, like like ten years ago Will Smith, that might actually be really good. If he can harness ten years ago Will Smith and, and be funny again. Yeah, why not? So that was the big controversy, but people just are thinking out of their butts. Well, the other thing is, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that, and the fact that everyone, the Disney recently has been acting like they—it's impossible to find an Indian actor who can sing. Where can we find an Indian <laughs> actor who can sing? And Gee, it's I, been I frustrating. Wonder. It's not like they have their own like musical like genre. In India, it's cool. Or their own it. like no. film. They don't, you do know, that. central genre thing that that's named after Hollywood, but with, in with wrestling, a couple letters changed. There's a tag team called the Bollywood Boys. So if even wrestling can have them, I feel like Disney could figure it out. Just once, just maybe once. Um, Besides, Bollywood is hilarious. They have some great stuff in Bollywood that Hollywood does not do and would maybe benefit from. I guess as far as like parks go, the big the big deal is that um, California Adventure is kind of bad. Uh, when California Adventure first like opened, it was shit. It was basically just like a couple rides, a weird pier area, and then like Whoopi Goldberg's magical adventure through California history, which uh, sucked. And so they've been trying to like fix it since then. And so now they're changing the whole pier area, which was supposed to be designed to like show the Santa Monica pier, and I think maybe even the Santa Cruz pier. Of like how Walt Disney saw it, um, and they're changing that whole area to be Pixar. So that's that kind of sucks. Boo! Pixar yeah. isn't even that good anymore. Boo! That's a that's it. And then also, of course, Star Wars Land, which is not going to be called Star Wars Land. It's got a gal. Is it Galaxy Edge? Is that what it's called? Galaxy's okay, Edge. So- I think this is a well, let me speak cool. to, the, to the East Coast stuff because that's that's a little different. Um, 
so first of all, they've announced um, one of the things that's interesting is they tried very hard to avoid discussing the things that they are replacing with all this new stuff because they are replacing things, but they don't want to talk about that because they don't want to make hardcore Disney fans sad. Um, so, for example, the great movie ride is being replaced by a new Mickey Mouse ride and... No one wants to talk about how the great movie ride's going away, but they're all excited about the new Mickey Mouse ride, except everyone hates it because it's new Mickey Mouse design, and I like the new... For the record, I like the new Mickey Mouse cartoons. I don't know why everyone hates them. They're very modern, but change with the times. Grow up, folks. Um, but I yeah, mean, that's... I'm sure that the kids watching them like them, and that's all that matters to Disney and the voices we hear are old, grown-up people. That's that are all like, oh, that would matter to same. Walt Disney, too. Camster and I were talking about this before we started recording. Walt Disney's ideas, as far as we know, were that if it's working in the modern era and if we can change to appeal to people and to tell our stories, we should fucking do that. But there are people who love Disney and love Disneyland and Disney World who don't want shit changed. And so any kind of change they are violently against, they cannot handle it, even though it's kind of against like what Walt Disney would have been doing, which is kind of interesting. Uh, what else? Um, Ratatouille is coming to the France Pavilion in Epcot. Um, that's neat. Congrats. That's really cool. I wish we got that. Fuck. Um, but also coming to Epcot is a Guardians of the Galaxy inspired attraction, which is very interesting for reasons that Mumbles and I have discussed previously. Um, is it, are they taking out the Tower of Terror for that? No. Because I don't so know. No, Disneyland. they turned that well, into. Go ahead, Josh. No, the Disneyland one was Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that, that got turned into, uh, what the fuck did that get turned into? Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. The oh, Florida okay, one yeah. isn't going to be changed because the Florida one is fucking superior anyway. I wasn't really listening anyway. to you, Glitch. I'm not, I'm not saying it's very normal. It is. I, okay, I, I'm not the, saying the that. The Florida... Okay, well, I'm from uh, fucking California, uh, so I can say it, but the, the Tarot Terror uh, in Florida is actually way better because they have this huge like garden area and the inside feels like a real old hotel that's like haunted or whatever. Whereas yeah. like... The California one doesn't have that big garden area, and it just feels like, well, I guess I'm inside of the Twilight Zone pinball machine now. Cool, I guess. So, as a huge Twilight Zone fan, still a huge fan of that. But yeah, I would say the exterior is kind of. Eh. Yeah. Well, the Guardians' exterior is a million times worse. The Guardians' exterior is revoltingly ugly. It's like someone puked all over the entire building. Um. Not to diminish California, but but that I think we can all agree that building is ugly the way they've redone it. Um, mm -hmm. What exactly did they do out. with the ride? Uh, basically, they turned it, it. Well, no, no, it's been it's been open for a while. What they I've seen ride along videos. Basically, what they've done we is they've turned no it. We have no idea. I, There's I, no way. To I don't know. know yet because I haven't been on it, and I won't I, look at videos. Is what I meant to say. <laughs> I follow theme parks way too closely. Um, basically, what it is is it's um, the area where Rod Sterling used to talk to you about, uh, you know, and this is the Twilight Zone or whatever his voice is. I'm uh, turning. My, I'm. I'm gonna. Because that's totally Rod Sterling's voice. Um, 
Instead, Rocket talks to you. You're supposed to be there for a grand unveiling of what the collector is collecting, and you're going to go through his collection. But they've got an animatronic Rocket up above you going like, Hey, I broke out, and here's what we're going to do. And for some reason, he sounds like Gilbert Godfrey, because every non... Oh, um, uh Every non-Bradley Cooper version of, of, of Rocket Raccoon in the cartoons or anywhere else sounds like Gilbert Godfrey. It is, it is Bradley Cooper, but it bugs me. Um, anyway, uh, basically, it's a series of floors. So every floor you stop at, instead of seeing ghostly visages, you see the Guardians going, Hey, we're fighting that interdimensional being that, that we fought in Guardians too. And then you eventually just do the drop thing with uh, lots of up and downs and occasional cutscenes of seeing the Guardians. And then eventually this thing opens up and Rocket's like, hey, is that Disneyland? What the F? And then you can keep going. But that's that's, that's the ride. That's, what? That's, like, yeah. he done? Not yeah, that's done. the ride. Okay, That's cool. so, like, shilling. Like, come get your... Come, come little kids, get your Guardians of the Galaxy fill. Come, come, fill up on your Guardians of the Galaxy. We got it for you. We'll, we'll give it to you. That there's no heart in that. That no, can we not? Bad. Can we not? Don't. I can't. I haven't seen Mumbles the video upset. for it yet. I haven't. I don't know anything about it yet. I was purposely not. It's, it's not. It's not that bad, Mumbles. It. It's so not that bad. So when I win, oh, I could, ha- I could have a good time. It's good. Nice it's time. good. Go and have a good time. I, I, I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan, so I'm very disappointed by the change. Well, I we, see, we still have fair. Twilight Zone in Florida. So back back to our original point. Yeah, but, the but, the reason we still have Twilight Zone in Florida is that there's a there's a delicate detente in Florida. Um, Universal Studios Orlando has exclusive rights to Marvel characters because they have Islands of Adventure, which has an island which is Marvel Superhero Island. And that island has characters like Doctor Doom and Wolverine and a couple other X-Men and Captain America and lots of other characters that are now property of Walt Disney World, which makes this entire situation really, really awkward. Because Universal Studios now owns a land that is full of characters that are now owned by Walt Disney. And that's weird. <laughs> that is so, weird because, like, um, there's a theme park in California, uh, Great America, and they had a Top Gun ride, but then they lost the rights to Top Gun, so now it's just called, like, Air Force. Air Force ride. Now... And it's just the well, same ride, but it's about air forces, about how cool it is to fly planes, maybe, one time. And so I'm wondering if, like, that's what they plan to do with Universal. No, for the moment, it seems like Universal has an in-perpetuity license to these characters. We don't know when this wow. contract expires. We don't know. Like, all of the contracts were sealed, and nobody knows the end date for any of them. Uh, we know that they're long enough uh, in term... in term that they recently refurbished the Hulk roller coaster and that probably is going to last at least another five years so it's it's a decently length uh contract um it might be in perpetuity we don't know but we do know based on what we've seen that it only applies to specific characters popular at the signing of the contract which was when marvel was struggling with bankruptcy in the early night or the late 1990s which means that there's lots of x-men and doctor doom and captain america and spider-man but those are the characters that were popular in the late 90s it does not cover as far as we can tell characters popular after that point which includes 
all of the Guardians characters, which were super ass obscure in the late 90s. So Disney is now opening a a Guardians of the Galaxy ride in Epcot, but they can't do any other Marvel anything because of this contract with Universal. Whereas in Anaheim on the West Coast, uh, the rumor is, well, not rumor, we know they're building a Marvel uh land in in california adventure with the assumption being that bugs life land is going to be the place that that gets proposed (gasps) and and replaced oh no really yeah that's the that's that's the current theory well but like i was said like i said they haven't announced what they're going to actually replace they just announced all the new stuff so they announced there's going to be a marvel land in disney in california adventure they didn't announce where it's going but they only have but so much room in in the the west coast and the uh, implication is Bugs Life is going away. Oh, that sucks. Well, it's weird that they would pick Bugs Life because it's kind of in, I don't want to say the middle of the park, but pretty close to it. Basically, you have to walk through Bugs Life to get over to the Hollywood land. And <clears throat> it's weird that they wouldn't get rid of Hollywood because um, right now they have this whole like area. They try to make like the Mad Hatter dance rave area. And um, that didn't work out for them. So now it's just nothing. Um, And they also had an arcade that was Flynn's Arcade. It was like Tron themed and it was fucking rad. And they actually had real arcade games like pinball and fucking old stuff. And they got rid of that. And they tried to make that part of the Mad Havers rave party. And that all just died. So it's weird to me that they're not using that. Oh, and Muppets. They're not allowed to use Muppets anymore. So it's weird to me that they're not using that block of land for marvel because literally right now they're not using it for anything which is crazy and maybe that'll be part of it we don't know they they didn't specify and that's the frustrating thing yeah. is they didn't specify what's going away just what's coming just like they did they didn't say the great movie ride is going away but they did say that the Mickey Mouse ride is coming to Hollywood Studios and the permits filed recently for things yeah. in the position of the Great Movie Ride were for Project M, which pretty much everyone agrees is going to be the Mickey Mouse ride. So, yeah, the Great Movie Ride's days are numbered. The, the-, the uh, current rumored end date for Great Movie Ride is August 13th, so it has less than a month to live, which is crazy. Um, what is the What is the Great Movie Ride? Is it... Is it just like a dark ride, like a typical dark ride where you just ride in a it's, little car and see things jump out at you? It, nothing jumps out at you. It's a great big um, ride of um, – it's it's not a small cart ride. It's a big car ride like um, – I don't know. It seats probably about 25 people, maybe a little bit more, 30 people. Huh. And an actor is like, I'm your Hollywood – I'm your host because I love the movies. And they ride you through all of the different movies. So you start with like old school musicals and you go through uh, Mary Poppins and you go through old school, old school gangster movies. And then the gangsters take come out and take over and, and kill your guide. And they take over as you go through uh, um, westerns. And then you go through the movie Alien, which is me and my wife's favorite part. And then you go through Indiana Jones – um, and a couple in other a films. In a Disney park? Yeah, in, a Disney, in, in MGM. Yeah, it was. A, it's a great ride. Dang. And and Dang. then at the at the MGM or at the uh, MGM at the, uh, at the uh, Indiana Jones part, uh, the thief, whoever you could. There's basically two versions. There's the there's the gangsters or there's the western 
desperados, but whoever you get uh, is like, I'm going to go steal that jewel. And they go up to the top of the jewel and they steal it and smoke comes up. And then your original host comes out and goes, hot ta da, anything's possible in the movies. And they come back down after the <laughs> bad guy dies and they guide you through the rest of the films of like horror and Tarzan and Casablanca and uh, Fantasia and Wizard of Oz and like three or four other movies. And then you see a big montage of stuff at the end and that's the end. And it's a big montage of film oh, and no. you'd be like, Oh, movies are awesome. I love movies. And it's a feel good ride and, and me and my wife love it, but it's going away and it's going to be replaced by a Mickey ride, which is sad. That sounds um, so nice. That sounds so, so nice. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, what else do we have to talk about? I don't. I don't know how into Disney BS we want to get because there's like the gondolas and the Star Wars hotel, um, and the Marvel hotel oh, in France, God. and the Toy Story Land. Josh Glitch, do you care about any of this stuff? I've actually been wondering, like, how relevant is Mickey Mouse right now? Eh, like. Like that's the the big thing with Disney. That's always been their big thing is Mickey Mouse, and that's been part of the reason why they have fought so hard to keep copyright law in such a state where Mickey Mouse is theirs in perpetuity. Uh, and I'm I'm I've been thinking like this whole time, like you know, I don't really think about Mickey Mouse that much anymore. Does anyone well... else? Maybe if they'd fucking come out with the new Kingdom Hearts game, people would care about Mickey Mouse again. <laughs> God damn. Oh, that's the other thing, is that they're coming out with a new Kingdom Hearts game eventually. Oh, you wanna you, you wanna talk about video games on this podcast? They're coming out with a new fucking Kingdom Hearts game eventually. <laughs> it's not like the last one I played was like ten years ago. Literally, we promise you guys. Literally over ten years ago. Thanks for that, Square Enix. Apparently, you can go hang out with Toy Story, and you have a cactus for a sword, and you are a toy. That sounds nice. Okay, that sounds pretty awesome. But my point is that I think that video games, like Mario, isn't wasn't there like a study that said that Mario is more recognizable than Mickey Mouse? Fucking probably. I've just been thinking, like, you know, 30 years down the line, if things continue the way they are, like... Is Mickey Mouse gonna matter to anyone? Like, do kids these days even know who Mickey Mouse is? Um, does... Let me ask you a serious question. Does Bugs Bunny fucking mean anything to you right now? At all? Not really, but I mean, that's the same kind of thing. It's like, you know... Um, yeah. But Warner Brothers exactly. isn't the biggest media empire on earth constantly fighting to keep their copyright on Bugs Bunny and like literally setting the tone of US copyright law. I would say that Mickey Mouse is relevant for the parks. I don't think that there he's yeah. relevant for like popular culture, T V sort of thing. It's not like yeah. they're going to try to reinvent Mickey Mouse over and over again like they do with Marvel stuff or, or, or comic book movies. But, uh, like, for the park, he is everywhere in the park. He almost is the park. And it's weird. I actually have a friend who, I think she has, like, a three-year-old son. And he doesn't really watch Mickey Mouse cartoons because they're not really available. But he loves Mickey Mouse. And so when she took him to the park, he, like, fucking broke down 
because Mickey Mouse was there and like wanted to give him a hug and shit, and he couldn't handle it because it was so nice. So I think like if you as were a parent, a family, I wouldn't be able to handle that because that's too damn cute. It's you too just damn describing cute. it to me goes, oh. You are gonna start crying. I feel like crying just thinking about this cute little kid who loves Mickey Mouse so much. Cute little guy. Um, yeah, so I think like if you were raised in a family that loves Disney and loves Disney parks, then of course you're gonna love Mickey Mouse. But I don't think he's really relevant necessarily to like common people. I don't think it's something that most people think about. Whereas like before when they showed the cartoons i think this is more relevant to looney tunes like when i was a kid they would show looney tune cartoons all the time i've seen every single looney tune cartoon because they were always on and now they're just not and like they're just not a thing anymore and that's so weird to me anyway i don't know anyone got anything more to say about Disney I think that wraps us up on parks Disney. or conventions. I think that wraps us up. Do we want to do mailbag? Yeah, let's do some mailbag. I've got like an old question or two from like um two months ago. Uh, let's do it. It was aimed at Mumbles specifically. It's kind of sitting on the back burner. Uh, do you want me to read this question, Mumbles? Is about Mass Effect. Sure. All right. Dear Spoidcast, how do you feel about Mass Effect Andromeda and possibly the whole franchise being put on ice? I hope Mumbles is able to answer this question since the, uh, they seem to be the continuous fan of the series, even as it has changed from third-person RPG to third-person shooter with RPG elements. Uh, cheers, Maddie One Monopoly. Okay. Is it is that a well, before we dive into this? Is that a one like a number one or a W O N? Okay. Joke is pointless then, never mind. Okay, so if you go to my YouTube channel, Digital Mumbles, <laughs> you know that I'm not a fucking fan of the new Mass Effect game. That said, I think that even the worst games can be saved by DLC. Cough, cough, Bioshock Infinite, cough, cough. And I think like if they came out with some pretty cool DLC, I'd probably reinstall it. I have it uninstalled on my hard drive right now. And just to give you a frame of reference, I still have Fallout 4. I actually played Fallout 4, like, yesterday. And yeah, so, I saw you. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I I keep a lot of games on my hard drive, but as a point to how much I fucking hated the new Mass Effect, I just deleted it. But if they came out with some new DLC, I would totally go and play it, just out of curiosity. And if they managed to craft an interesting story, I'd be there. I'd go there. Um, I think it's difficult for them because they tried to make a new spin on this franchise and I think critically they failed. I think that there are some people who still really like the the game and they're still loyal to Bioware, but I think overall the general consensus is that it wasn't that great of a game. Um, and so I think that's why their DLC got pulled and that sucks. I think that they should have been yeah. given the chance to prove that they could still do good storytelling and kind of redeem themselves. Cause I think DLC to me is a great way to redeem a game, um, and to make it more interesting and to tell a, st- a small story in this grand giant space. Uh, so that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's worth pointing out that like 
despite the fact that there have been three previous Mass Effect games, this was this particular studio's first try at it. Exactly. Like, since there's, like, Bioware's multiple studios now, um, and this Bioware Montreal, this was... Was this their first game that they ever, like, like that was a full game, or did they handle, like, some smaller stuff at some point? I don't know. Um, but I, the I think thing they that did I know the they Shadow did... Broker DLC? They did the Shadow Broker no, DLC. No, no, they did sure. um, Omega. Isn't it? I think it was Omega. Oh, okay. Um, not not yeah, that good. And then they, not that good. And then they did the, uh, like, they were the guys who were doing the multiplayer stuff for Mass Effect 3. Right, yeah. Still, I I would agree with Mumbles. Like, I think a good team could be redeemed largely by DLC. I think it lets them respond to criticism of the original game. And I would also point to Mumbles' example of Bioshock Infinite. Like, Bioshock Infinite sucks! But Bioshock Infinite's DLC was, was pretty fantastic. It's pretty I, good. I, have to echo Mumble's opinion on that. The the especially the ones where you play as Elizabeth um back in Rapture. Infinite's are... DLC was was just weird though, like because they just went completely off the rails and were like, this has nothing to really do with the game. Good. It kinda does. Which was good. a good thing. Maybe, yes. sucked. maybe on it... Andromeda could have done the same fucking thing, you know what I mean? Like fucking do it. Like make it interesting. Yeah. Tell the story that you wanted to tell. Is it better to like tell a shitty like continuation of your shitty story, or do something yeah. completely different but the small and exactly. and works? And and Bioshock Infinite's DLC did work. It it didn't fill all the plot holes, and it was a lot of fixed conning, and it was not great. But it it certainly was more enjoyable than the main game. Um, its stealth worked better than any of the combat in any of the main yeah, game. Which, yeah, Jesus Christ. And... And I think Bioware DLC, it doesn't have, like, an amazing track record, like, fucking Fallout New Vegas or whatever, but I feel like their DLC can be pretty interesting and can lend to t- telling more stories. Like, Shadow Broker was great. Fucking the Inquisition, the last one they did for Dragon Age Inquisition was off the rails. It was so good. It was really, really interesting if you like Dragon Age lore. Um, Dragon Age Two, the last all DLC they did the for Dragon that Age was DLCs, fucking great. I think have been really good. Yeah, like yeah. they did and so it's Awakening, like... the expansion that was like basically a whole nother thirty-hour game for Dragon Age Origins. Uh, and then... With Anders, it was the good version of Anders. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Anders that matter. made me want to romance Anders before I realized that he was really terrible in Dragon Age Two. Bleh. But yeah, but I'm, my point is, is that like Bioware, no matter what studio it is, they tend to have a pretty good track record with DLC. So I'm guessing it would have been pretty good and it would yeah. have given them a chance to redeem themselves. So it sucks that they got put on ice and I'm sorry for that. Um, the main game still sucks, but you know. <laughs> Here's my take on it. As somebody who hasn't played anything past Mass Effect 1, because, well, I tried Mass Effect 2, I was disappointed, and then, uh... You yeah, fool. it sucks. Um, you, you didn't really finish Mass Effect 1, did you? You've never been No, I did. The... Oh, you did? I finished Mass Effect 1. It's Mass Effect 2 I never never finished. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, the, the point being, uh, well, what I was going to say is I don't really follow the series, I'm not a huge fan, but... I will say that that 
a game being put on ice can eventually maybe mean that it can come back and maybe come back better. Uh, as we saw with maybe uh, Spider-Man. Um, just just throwing that out there. So, like, uh, maybe they can reboot the series or do something new, uh, but giving it some time, to me, feels like the right move because there's so much negativity uh, surrounding Mass Effect 3 and then Andromeda just not being a good game, as I've heard. Um, and I know That's that fair. it sucks because I, I kind of like the world of Mass Effect... Uh, but I also, I want to see it be good. And that's, that's more interesting to me than having a game every year. Cough, Assassin's Creed, cough. That's fair. I think that's fair. Um, there was an article, a really good article, uh, breaking down what the heck actually happened with the development of Mass Effect Andromeda that I assume, I, I believe came out sometime after this question was asked, because this was back in May, um... And, like, apparently the original pitch was to do something, like, more procedural and open and something much more akin to uh, No Man's Sky back before oh, No Man's Sky had even been me. announced. Uh, yeah, and, like, in retrospect, we can look at that, we can look at what No Man's Sky did and go, like, wow, this is, that. what were you thinking? That's a terrible idea. And that's exactly, like, what they ran into is they had a lot of trouble getting... Uh, like the procedural tech to work in a way that made things interesting um, to the point where they eventually just kind of had to, to dump it and basically remake the whole game in 18 months. Um, they were also having a lot of trouble moving over to Frostbite uh, because when they first moved over to Frostbite, like Dragon Age Inquisition was not finished, so they couldn't like use the tech that they yeah. developed for Inquisition to like help there. Yeah, but, like, man, whatever, like, Dragon Age 2 had a huge time constraint that totally fucked up their whole, like, yeah. development process, and they still made a gem, a rough gem, a gem that most people don't like, except for possibly me and, like, a couple other hardcore Dragon Age fans, but, like, it was still, they still told a story, and I feel like the new Mass Effect game struggles to tell a story. That's the biggest problem with it is that it doesn't really know how to tell a story. Um, and that's not something that you can necessarily teach, I guess, a team. And so I guess if their whole team is just people who are really good at combat and like building shit like procedurally, but they don't have any good writers on the team, then I guess like who cares? Like, for example, we have the Borderlands like super handsome awesome pack or whatever and it only has Borderlands 2 and Borderlands the pre-sequel because, like, they don't want to admit that they made a fucking first Borderlands game because it didn't have enough story and it wasn't that interesting, even though it was a pretty alright game. So, I don't know. Like, I just think that they should just yeah. be better at telling stories, Bioware. Fucking, that's your that's your jam! On top of that, that's uh, your fucking jam! Nope. That'll never, that's not their jam any longer and it'll never happen again. Ugh. Not Not from Bioware. I don't believe it. You know, Anthem has made me very curious about that because they did not show story stuff with Anthem with the E3. You know what? You know what? They released. They're better off. They're better off not doing story. I am well, firmly what, in what the, the court hell are of they Bioware then? Uh, uh, corporate uh, part of uh, EA. The, Shitty the clones of other EA. games that have already been made. Yeah, because that's kind of like what Anthem looks like right now. Is uh, we decided to do Destiny what, and the Division. Here's what Bioware is. Bioware is a name that sells products that means nothing. Fuck. And that's it. 
That's a really depressing way to end this question glitch. That's why I don't buy EA games. Um, how are we on time? I, I simply never have enough chart of it. Out. I don't know. Um, we want to just do one more question here, or yes, sure. Um, actually, this is a good question to end the show on. <clears throat> Hello, Spodsters. Uh, and this is not signed, so this is from Anthony. Anthony asks, Hello, Spodsters, or is it Spotties? I like Spotties. Yeah, it's like we're bodies, like but the made of Spuds. Oh. No, not the Spuds again. Oh, that like damn zombies. mental image. We're potato zombies. Uh, no, I just uh-huh. can't get Mumbles grilling us out of her head. Uh-huh. My head. Fuck. Yep. You've ruined me. We've been, fr- we've been French fried... But we're still alive. <laughs> you just got French fried. A question for everyone but Josh. Would you rather listen to Josh talk about Dark Souls for 30 minutes or listen to Josh talk about Paradox games for 30 minutes? Whoa, no, 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 no. Back up, back up. This then, is okay. absolutely a question just for Josh. I want to know well, Josh's a, answer. What would Josh second, rather hear Josh talk about? There's, there's a second part to this question. Um, for Josh, oh what are your God. thoughts on the trajectory of Dark Souls and Bloodborne series? Which game has the best tone? Which game and which is best for newcomers? Uh, of the four main paradox fine. series, which game is your and has your favorite time period? Which has your favorite game mechanics? That's not a question either. That's multiple Ooh, questions. That's a lot of questions. With you guys, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I think I, I. Yeah, let's go back to talking about Disney. All right, Josh. Uh, uh, where's the document? I gotta pull the document up. Here's here's the deal, Josh. I'm gonna give you. These questions? Do you have these? They're not on the document, are they? Like, I didn't put these ones in there. No, this okay. is from last week. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, Josh. Uh, I will give you 20 seconds to answer each one of those individual questions, and then we can come back to the group one. Uh, right? Okay. And count, go ahead and count them for me, since I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, there is... I'm gonna go lay down. <laughs> three questions It'll only about be a couple minutes, Dark Souls and two Glitch, questions Can I just lay down paradox. during this? <laughs> yeah, you can just lay down. Uh, right. I'll, I'll call you in a second. Uh, okay, Thank Josh. You. So that's how many total? Five? I feel like there's a, myth- a nefarious plan in your head. <laughs> how, many to- how many is that total, Five, five, five total, so... Okay, so... A minute and 40 seconds. A minute and 40 seconds, yeah. Alright, you're on the clock. Three, two, one, go. Um, I think the Dark Souls series is heading in a cool direction, even though there's nothing that's new that's coming out. Um, uh, I think after Dark Souls 2, the Dark Souls series kind of recovered with Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne, and everything's cool. I'll look at you, your head. Go. Um, which game has the best tone? Uh, Dark Souls One, I feel like, did the best at uh, coming up with the uh, the sort of like post-apocalyptic weirdness. Uh, maybe Bloodborne, I don't know. Um, which is best All for right, newcomers? Uh, I'm gonna say Dark Souls Three. No, Bloodborne is probably. What, I don't know. Is, None of them the are question? great for newcomers. Gonna re- no. what, which what? is best for newcomers? Oh, yeah. Bloodborne is the oh, worst for newcomers. newcomers. No, go back. Maybe. Go lay down, Mumbles. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good night. Down. Sorry, my bad. My bad. <laughs> what? What? Um, you're, you're wasting time, Josh. You got of 40 the four main left. paradox series. Which games has your favorite time period? Uh, Crusader Kings two. Um, Stellaris. <laughs> or that. 
That's not a time period. Which game has your favorite game mechanics? Maybe Crusader Kings 2. Europa Universalis 4 has some like weird board game stuff, but I actually really like playing it. I don't know. Uh, I feel like I'd really like Victoria if I ever played it. You get 10 seconds left. Did you answer all the questions? Um, Yeah, that's all of them. All right. Wow, you ended ended 10 seconds early. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, I didn't have anything prepared. I wanted to have audio, but I don't have anything good. I'm like, (laughs) I wanted to be like a buzzer. You've won. Oh, I should get like a that was easy button. Just play it at random times. <laughs> um, right. So good answers board. to those questions. I didn't pay attention to any of them. Um, or what was the first two questions? The ones that were actually for Would us. you rather listen to Josh talk about Dark Souls for 30 minutes or listen to Josh talk about Paradox games for 30 minutes? Uh, Paradox games because I don't know anything about them. Also, you also, can talk Souls. about history. Yeah. Mumbles, awaken from your slumber. Uh, here I am. How how did it go? Was it, it was it good? Um, did everyone have a good time? It, probably the best minute and thirty seconds of of podcasting ever. Can I can I ask a question to end this this podcast on? Okay. Yeah. What is everyone's favorite Pokemon? Okay. Hamster, good question. start with you. I like Pachu. I I know that's kind of a lame Pachu. answer, but I like Pachu. Oh my god! Wait, wait, wait! wait no, that you is talking the, about the little baby one. That is one? just the most camster fucking thing I've ever. I don't heard even in my see life. how that's a camster answer. Uh, it so is. It's like I like Pachu. It's actually like one of the greatest Pokemon's ever. I didn't say it was yeah. great. I just said I thought it was cute. I don't even have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trolling you, man. That's cool. Josh, Go. F- what is your favorite Pokemon of all time? Uh, I always had a soft spot for Venusaur, because I, I played nice. the Bulbasaur the middle one. as the first one. Good. No, that's Ivysaur. Oh, right. Oh, right, right, right. The fully evolved guy. He likes the yeah. tank-looking one. Alright, Glitch, who is your favorite uh. Pokemon? See, the problem is that I actually I actually have played and done more with Pokemon than I think either Chris or Josh, and so I have other generations to consider, cool. but also I'm we're down. on a timeline. You got that ho-ho? You got that ho-ho? <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> God, I don't know. There's so many options. I really, I really did enjoy Squirtle. Like, that's just my man, the main man Squirtle, from way back in the day. There's some Generation 2 ones that I really like that I can't remember the names of for the life of me. And I'm, try- I'm desperately trying to look them up, but I'm having a hard time because I'm bad at Google. Trying to impress I us wish... with this Pokemon knowledge, but then failing. Uh, I don't I don't have any Pokemon knowledge. Classic. I just, I just, classic ledge. I know I want edgy to and say other YouTube. ones that are better. That aren't just... Because the, the starter ones are lame. And there are ones that I did like, but I also haven't touched Pokemon in like 10 years. Still more experienced with it than Josh or Chris, probably, but... Okay. I mean, I've played just, Pokemans. Just go with what your heart says, though. Don't worry about researching, just what your I'm heart... Gonna, I'm gonna pronounce it wrong. Say it, just say oh, it no. with your heart. I really like, I really like Scarmony from Generation Aww. 2. I, I finally did find it. 
Are you? Wait, why does this thing get an on? I get a. That's the most camster fucking thing that's ever been said. I just like trolling you, camster. Have you not learned after all of these years? I mean, um, I put effort into mine. Yeah, I, I, I accept that. Yeah, I think for me, I actually have. I have a collection of dittos in my house, so it's probably ditto. Like, I have <laughs> a ditto Pikachu, a ditto Squirtle, a ditto Charmander, a ditto Clefairy, and a ditto Bulbasaur. With, like, so all the all ditto of... faces? Because those are adorable. Yeah, exactly. So I guess it would have I to be ditto. Since to I... Over. I also have a Slowpoke um, stuffed animal that I named Sandal after... Obviously, Dragon Age Sandal. Everybody knows that one. So, it might be him, too. I also have a Luchador Pikachu. So, yeah. There you go. I felt like that was going to be a bigger thing, but it sucked. I'm sorry I asked that question. Uh, my favorite part is that it, it derailed a fan question, and I'm absolutely not upset about that. Let's end the podcast. This is perfect. <laughs> All right. It was fine up until after we asked Campster. Yeah, I think, like, Campster ruined it pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> It was all going so well for those first five seconds. <sighs> Thank you for joining us uh, on this episode of this podcast. We've been the Spodcasters. This, what, what was it? The Spotties. We've been the Spotties. Yeah. Spiralcast. No. Spiral we're not going cast. with that name ever. We love Sonic Spyro the Hedgehog the Dragon. Fan Club. Number 364 cast. Spodcast the Hedgehog. That's it. That's the one. All right. Let, I got to go get some flies. 